0: Welcome back to another market update brought to you by the team from Micaro.com.au. The purpose of these podcasts is to give a brief, short and sharp summary of what is happening in the agricultural markets with a particular focus on Australia. Uh, This week, it will be Matt Dalgleish covering off on sheep and cattle, and I'll be covering off on the grains industry. So we'll just jump straight into it with the wheat market. It's been another interesting week. It's been very volatile when it comes to... Uh, overseas markets, uh, but really the big focus for us at the moment is what's happening locally. We've been saying for a long time, if you've been following these podcasts, that the overall uh, production figure is not the most relevant figure for for prices, at least on the East Coast. The big figure is how much is going to be produced on the East Coast versus the West Coast. And uh, we've seen a lot more forecasts coming out showing that, uh, yep, the big numbers are that we are potentially you know sub 16 million ton crop uh, we shall wait and see uh, we don't really have a figure on it we think it's between that 15.5 and probably 16.5 but when we look at it we are still in a different pricing environment we're about $80 lower than this time last year and that's largely because the potential for a deficit on the east coast is a lot lower than it was this time last year so we spoke about that in, uh, you know in quite some detail last week so I'm not going to waste too much time on that but when we look at uh, prices on ASX for this week uh, yeah we saw it in a downward movement it's uh, basically traded back down from that 355 last week down to yesterday trading at 344 uh, for this coming harvest uh, you know I think it's going to be very volatile I think uh, we're going to see uh, buyers come onto the market when they see these low prices. They'll jump up, and then they'll pull back again, and we'll see it drop down. So it's going to be very choppy, very topsy-turvy, and a bit whippy as we as we move on. Um, this week we produced a report on a couple of strategies. Uh, one of those was a strategy for producers, and basically, if we look at. Say, jan 2021 uh, there's still some good opportunities to lock away you know a 340 a ton on asx and you know that might be a terrible price but that's the worst price you get for not this harvest but the following harvest might not be too bad and it's something for people to look at and uh, when we look at uh, you know december uh seabot futures for the same time it's roughly 290 a ton you got to add your basis on top of that you know it could be anywhere from you know, on average, 10 to say 40, or even more, if we've got a drought. So plenty of opportunities for producers to to lock away a bit of uh, a bit of value. Uh, definitely, our view has always been to look further forward and not just concentrate on the on the harvest at hand. The other thing we looked at again this week was we put together a strategy for a spread trade on uh, the Kansas Chicago uh, basis, or, or spread between the two contracts. It is at a historic level in terms of uh, Chicago being at a premium against uh, Kansas. Uh, it typically trades at a parity or slightly at a discount. And so basically what you can do is you can, if you want to just be exposed just to that spread and you think that spread's going to come back to normal levels, you can sell sell Chicago for next September, buy Kansas for next September, and you're only exposed to that, uh, that spread, which, you know, if it comes back to normality, you know, you'll get a, you know, Fourteen percent sort of return on investment, so it's not too bad. Uh, there's obviously a risk there in that the spread goes wider, and uh, then you'll you'll lose on it. But not a not a bad thing to look at if you're in a bit of a, a speculative mood, I guess. Uh, really, the next couple of weeks we are seeing physical prices coming back. I think we'll probably see it going up and down, probably in a in sort of a narrow sort of fifteen dollar range. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what happens as growers come on to sell because. You know, growers are very, very undersold coming into the season compared to a traditional year. So, you know, we may see, even though we've not got a huge volume out there, we will see big volumes coming onto the market potentially, which could drive prices down slightly. I recommend you jump on macaro.com.au and read some of those articles we put out this week uh, to give you some ideas of some strategies. There are actually a few strategies in there for, you know, consumers such as your pork, chicken or even dairy producers. So yeah, jump on there, have rid of them. going to pass you off to Matt now and he's going to cover off on
1: the livestock market. Thanks for that, Andrew. This week uh, in livestock we took a look at uh, trading budgets, both for uh, cattle and for sheep markets. We'll start with cattle. Uh, since early spring we've seen young cattle values increase about 5%, which is a bit uncommon for this time of year. Generally you do start to see um, the ekki start to come off through the middle of spring. Uh, but this year we've seen it increasing and um, what's been driving that has been Export values overseas continuing to stay strong. We've been talking about that for the last few weeks on this podcast and on Mercado with the 9SEL quite high. But also the uh, price for finished cattle has also been holding up really well and that's kind of encouraging those that do have feed uh, or access to feed um, to buy some cattle and look to, um, to make some money that trading. So the trading idea was to buy 300 kilo live weight young cattle at uh, $3 a kilo live weight and... Initially, if you've um, got pasture uh, available, the margins look quite good. However, um, when we took into account those uh, around the country that may need to um, supplement feed uh, and added in around a a $600-a-head cost for feed, uh, realistically, the only uh, scenario that looks to make money over the next um, period of time would be um, if you're able to offload feeder steers at around 450 kilo. Uh, at a, at the three dollar sixty uh, a live weight um, price. Other than that, all the other um, scenarios taking them through to finished cattle uh, was um, was problematic in the sense that um, the the margins didn't really work out if you had to t- take into account feed costs. Uh, certainly for those with um, with pasture available, though, there were good margins to be made. Uh, turning across to sheep markets and uh, a similar trading budget, we looked at uh, there over this um, sp- spring and summer period. Uh, we have seen uh, grain prices come off uh, over the last um, since last year, so we we're down about 12.5% uh, in terms of barley price. So that's cheaper to carry these these um, sheep through summer. Uh, the uh, downside I guess though uh, from the sheep producer and particularly the wool side of the business is that with the wool prices coming off we've seen um, prices 25% lower for wool um, this year compared to last so uh, the numbers don't stack up as much as they did last year uh, similar scenario though for, um, for cattle if uh, you've got reasonable enough feed at hand, or if you're not um, having to feed right the way through, uh, the numbers would then stack up. Um, we did look at uh, a a feeding ration uh, to try and, well, going off the lifetime new management program uh, data, we, we, we had a look at um, having a feed ration where you maintain a condition score on your sheep of um, 3.5. And that worked out that the feed ration to maintain them at that level would be about $23 a head, uh, whereas the value in and um, in what you get in terms of lamb produce uh, it, it worked out to uh, $21 a head. So if you're feeding all the way through, doesn't quite um, the, the the grain uh, isn't quite paid off, or the feed ration isn't quite paid off by the wool sales. Um, where in last year it was a, it was a better scenario, uh, and again with the margins. Um, if you're having to feed right the way through, they get a bit tight, but uh, for, the, for those that have got feed available, um, it, you know, certainly even if we just um, reduce the ration by half, it showed that the, the margins were there. Um, they were the two key things we looked at on Mercado uh, this week. Certainly if you want to um, jump onto the website, um, you can see the actual trading budgets for both the young cattle and the, the sheep uh, on there. Um, so I recommend you jumping on and have a look exactly at the numbers there. It doesn't quite do it justice via the podcast. Um, I'll wrap it up there and I'll pass back to you. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for the update, Matt.
0: As a subscriber to this podcast, uh, it'd be great if you can uh, leave a review for this on iTunes or wherever you listen to it or give a recommendation of this to your friends, family, your colleagues. Uh, Helps us out if we can get this out to as many people as possible. So, yeah, just share it around. Let people know about it. Uh, if you've got any queries or you want to talk to us, uh, get in touch with us. On uh, You can catch us on Twitter. You can get us on email. And you can find us from our website. Our contact details are there. If you want to talk to us one-on-one about any of the stuff we've spoken about in this podcast or any other podcasts, we are always available. Have a good weekend. Stay safe. Goodbye.